You Can Mentor is a podcast about the power of building relationships with kids from hard places in the name of Jesus. Every episode will help you overcome common mentoring obstacles and give you the confidence you need to invest in the lives of others. You Can Mentor. Hey mentors, just a reminder about the You Can Mentor book. It's titled You Can Mentor, How to Impact Your Community, Fulfill the Great Commission, and Break Generational Curses. The whole point of this book is to equip and encourage mentors with new tools and ideas on how to make the most of their mentor-mentee relationship. If you're a mentor, hey, go pick it up. And if you're a mentoring organization, pick some up for all of your mentors. If you would like to order mass copies, like more than 20, Send an email to me, Zach at youcanmentor.com, and we will get you guys a special price. But go and pick up that book. It's good. You can mentor. Welcome to the podcast, friends. This is John. Today I get to hang out with a friend and really start a new chapter in the life of our podcast with You Can Mentor here as we spotlight and highlight mentoring organizations doing great things out in the world. Today, I'm sitting down with my friend, Audrey Hood, who is the program director at Allies Incorporated. Audrey, how are you today? Hey, I am doing so fantastic. Well, I'm so glad. You? I'm really doing well. And I'm sitting here in Waco. I'm in my, my shop. You are in Indianapolis. I'm in Indy, yes. And right now, just answer me this. How many cats are within 20 feet of where you sit just right now? At least two. Okay. Okay. <laughs> At least two. I only have two, so I hope there's only two. <laughs> as far as we know. Okay. Man, okay. I think that you know what I think that cats are really good podcast recording companions, right? Because yeah. generally speaking, they're quiet. They can be. Yeah. They can also just be in your space, like more than you want them to be, yeah. and so they can also be a little bit of a distraction sometimes. But All right. Well, currently, we, my two cats are cooperating and, and just napping like they do 90% okay, of the time. Okay, right. They're, they're storing up their energy for tonight when they can go crazy in the house, right? Do your cats yes. do this? <laughs> yeah, because okay. that's when it happens, as soon as I lay down. <laughs> yep. Same for us. Yeah. Same for us. So, love those cats. So good. Yeah. Well, listen, I wanted to kind of just start off with where we're, I think we should start and where should we, where we should end as well. And that is with mentoring. All right. So we at You Can Mentor are crazy about mentoring. And I, I've got a feeling that you also value it pretty well. Audrey, right now, you know what we're doing? This is what Zach always gives me a really hard time about, which is <clears throat> the fact that I need to cough. And so Zach, if, when, he, when and if he listens to this, he's going to just, I think he's going to like make a fist <laughs> in the air and just be like, oh, John. Okay. Anyway, but I think we're better now. So I've, I've got an idea that you value mentoring as well. Can you, you know, we, I w I'm ready to hear about allies and, and hear about all the wonderful things going on there. And I know that you're committed to that as an organization, but what about just kind of at the heart level and maybe some mm -hmm. of your personal experience? Why, you know, why mentoring? Yeah. And before I jump into that, I was kind of laughing over here on my end because as soon as we started recording this episode, I live like two blocks from a train and it's just barreling by. So if you can hear the train, I am so sorry. Oh, you know, that's so good to know because otherwise I wouldn't have known. Yeah. Okay, great. Well, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I do love mentoring. And honestly, my love for mentoring started pretty informally, not with a formal program. I've I've never ment been a mentor in a formal program and I've never been a mentee in a formal program, which is kind of unique for somebody potentially in my position. But 
I was a youth leader at my church back years ago. And really it was, I I wanted to just meet and be in the lives of high school girls at that time. I was newly out of college and kind of just wanted to give back and be in a space where I could form relationships with high school age students, especially when they were getting ready to kind of head off to college and when I was that age and in college, I didn't have like a cool friend. <laughs> like that was a young adult mm-hmm. woman who I could call like in times of need or crisis, like who wasn't my mom or my mom's friends. Mm-hmm. So I had a great relationship with other adult women in my life, but no one that was like a little bit closer to my age that I, I thought was cool in a superficial way. So I wanted to be that for somebody, not to like consider myself cool, but I wanted to try to be that. And so that is kind of how I got into kind of like a giving like myself in a relationship in the context of mentoring and kind of during that time where I was involved with this small group of high school girls, I just kind of had this thought of like, if even if just one girl becomes, you know, like I become an important person in their life, that'll be good for me. And so I got invited actually on a mission trip. And again, this is kind of superficial. So Mm. I'm so sorry, but it's the truth. But I got invited on this mission trip just to be an adult leader. And I was like, well, where are you going? And the answer was Washington, D.C. and Baltimore, two places I had never been. And so I thought that sounds like a great time and it'll be an opportunity to get closer to these girls kind of like in a longer period of time. So went on that spring spring break mission trip with them and developed a little bit more relationships with some of the girls there. And, you know, one girl in particular just, you know, continued to pursue me and be friends with me. And all these years later, I think we're seven or eight years away removed from that experience. And she and I are still meeting actually like weekly. And so that is like, and so because I saw the impact of her and I's relationship, it like made me so interested and intrigued in actual mentoring and like in a formal capacity. So that's kind of my my why on mentoring and how I even got to it. I think it's just a really it's it's just a cool way to just be in someone's life intentionally. And I myself have now always sought out mentors again, never in a formal way. Mm-hmm. But I think there's the concept of the Titus II woman who's someone who is disciplined, but also is the older woman in some cir- circumstances and is the younger woman in some circumstances. And so I think it's important naturally in any space that we have older women or men pouring into us and then be pouring into an older or younger man or woman. So that's kind of my posture on kind of life in and of itself outside of what I do with allies. Well, I think that's incredible. And I think that's really cool to to also just kind of going back with some of your story and talking about this mission trip, you know, and mm-hmm. being also kind of having a, a like a history in the youth group of being a youth group kid and then doing yeah. youth ministry as well. You know, so much of what you kind of do through that programming is like the weekly stuff and kind of going mm-hmm. through Bible study stuff. And yeah, obviously that's really important, but man, I've always said it's like, it's it's that time when you take people out of their element and you go serve someone or I don't know, yeah. even if you go to youth camp and you're just like, you know, squirting ketchup and mustard during recreation <laughs> on each other, if you know, but it's, yeah. it's those, like that is where memories are made and that mm-hmm. really is where, where life is shared with one another, right? And so- yeah. So many times you will initiate a really great mentoring relationship that way. And so a cool encouragement just to just to remember, you know, maybe for our listeners who are a part of a church body to think, man, you can really initiate some cool mentoring relationships by just saying, yeah, I'm going to go on that trip and, and be a part of that. But also the fact that, you know, you you began, it sounds like you began kind of benefiting from from what mentoring can look like organically, thinking mm-hmm. that you want to be intentional, but but not necessarily so highly structured to begin with, but you just kind of realized, hey, you know what? I continue, as you mentioned, this girl, she, she kind of sought you out. Is that, is Mm -hmm. that true? Yeah. 
How cool yeah, is and that? It, yeah, it's been cool. That relationship has taken on so many different forms over the years to where like we've done book studies together. We've walked through books of the Bible together. There's been seasons where we just go running together or just sit on the front porch and have coffee together. Or and now she's in a relationship with somebody and my husband, you know, and the, and the four of us like have gotten together and he's gotten one-on-one with her boyfriend to kind of mentor him a little bit. And so and I actually had a conversation with my husband a few years ago and he does not see himself as a mentor. Mm-hmm. He's like, that's not you mentor and that's like your profession, but I'm not. And, I, and then through having some conversations with him about this, these two relationships that we have, he kind of has started to see too, that he is, you know, it, it's not all about having all the answers and advice and being, you know, this big role model, you know, figure, it's just being a, like a constant steady present presence for somebody to bounce off, you know, life things. And so it's been that relationship specifically has been a really big encouragement in my life. i I hope she knows that. If she doesn't know that, I'm going to send her this episode to make sure she does know because, you know, she has kept me grounded in in so many ways too and kept me even digging into the word and, you know, what what is truth and, you know, kind of keeping me on my feet a little bit as she asks me so many different, you know, life questions that I don't feel like equipped that I'm yeah. equipped to answer sometimes. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, that's so good. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. I'm glad to hear that. So, Let's talk a little bit about allies. What was your first mm-hmm. exposure to the ministry? And just kind of tell us maybe what got you started in thinking, hey, that's a direction I want to go with. That's a group I want to be a part of. Yeah. So it's really funny because it's all connected to what the story I was just sharing. So believe it or not, on that mission trip that I was a youth leader for, that is where I learned about trafficking. Mm-hmm. And so it was on that mission trip, we visited Shared Hope International and then a local organization in Baltimore that works with adult women who are survivors of trafficking and sexual exploitation. And so when I was like, this reality was unfolding in front of me while I was, you know, I was just trying to be a, an adult leader on this trip and I was learning alongside of them. And so, and, and one of the big things they talked about on that trip was that stood out to me was because the Northeast is all, you know, those a bunch of little states all connected. It was a all the interstates that run through there was a kind of a hot spot for trafficking to ex- exist. And I, I remember thinking that in the Indianapolis, our nickname is the Crossroads of America. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, well, if that's true for your states over here, then as the crossroads where there's many interstates running right through my my city. That has to be true for us too. So I came back and started Googling anti-trafficking organizations in Indianapolis and eventually found allies and just started saying, Hey, I would love to volunteer with you. Hey, I'm available for whatever you need. I think I I sat on a marketing committee at one point. I volunteered at, you know, one-time events. I participated in one-time events. I became a, a part-time contract staff with allies, facilitating a prevention education group at one point. And kind of just so I've I've held a lot of different roles within the organization, just kind of constantly saying, hey, I'm interested because this feels like this thing that God is putting on my heart to be invested mm-hmm. in. At that same time that I was in that youth group, I also was, you know, in my first job post college and had made it to like pretty much as high as I could go. And I thought this seems like a pretty bleak life, you know, not, you know, if this is it at 22 or 23. And so I just was praying for something to be passionate about. And it was not long after that, that I went on this trip and God said, this is the thing. And so I paid attention and, and here I am. <laughs> so yeah. now all these years later, a full-time staff, you know, person at Allies and, but it all started in that same, you know, uh, trip. Yeah. Just trying to mentor girls and, and come alongside them. I also didn't know my life was going to be changed in this way too. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So I think the cool thing that I kind of take away from what you're sharing in that is that, man, it was really neat that you went to the organization with kind of a heart posture that was just like, mm-hmm. Hey, 
whatever the need is, you know? Yeah. And yeah. again, kind of being a guy that runs a little nonprofit as well, it's so refreshing. And, and maybe I just think it's so needed even that volunteers mm-hmm. do kind of have that, you know, attitude to say, I just feel like the Lord's kind of leading me to do this. Or I just think, yeah. you know, again, I want to have some more intentionality. I, I, I think I connect with what the heart of this ministry is all about. So whatever the need is, we call that also kind of like being a mule as, a, as compared to like a thoroughbred, you know, to say, uh-huh. hey, you know, look, I did all my spiritual gift testings and all my personalities. And so I know what color and animal and everything I yeah. am, you know, please find the place that matches up to me perfectly. Mm-hmm. Or, hey, just whatever needs to happen, I'll carry I'm whatever whatever you need. Yeah. And again, yeah. and that's so good. It is so true. I feel like even what I see in my role it is definitely the the people that end up kind of sticking around the longest are the people that come with that posture of, mm-hmm. I'm just here because I know either A, God has led me here, or B, it's just something I want to do or care about, or I've seen the impact of. And so just use me however it's needed for you, which mm-hmm. I think is a, when people come to nonprofits, especially with that posture, it's very helpful for, yeah. for the leaders in the programs. Yeah. So I know that Allies does a lot of really great stuff. Mm-hmm. Why don't you just briefly tell us about some of the services, support, ministry that Allies is uh, yeah. leading out in? Yeah. So Allies has been around, I think we're in our 12th year as a nonprofit here in Indianapolis. We work with survivors of trafficking and sexual exploitation, primarily through mentorship and family support. That's kind of our two you know, main areas of focus. And specifically, we're working with female survivors that are ages 12 to 24. So we're, we do work with adolescents. We also work with young adults and everything in between, especially I think the median age of the youth that we serve are about 16 when they come to us and we're walking with them into adulthood and all the life transitions. And so it's particularly my favorite age of people to work with. And so it's, it's a real big honor to be in their life, but yeah, our mentorship program is a one-to-one model. So we pair women in the community with the survivors. Our mentors are volunteer. We do offer some group activities for all of our mentors and mentees. We've got some support groups for the mentors and things like that. And then we'll provide resources as needed. But one of the the unique things about our organization is as a mentoring organization, we are trying to tell our mentors to just be mentors, not their case manager, not their therapist, not their provider, their parent or anything like that, where a lot of times when you're working with youth with complex trauma or in just high risk or vulnerable populations, right? You kind of, the mentors can kind of become all things to that person. Mm -hmm. And so we really try to, in our, in our community, partner with other organizations and agencies who can provide those services and those tangible needs. So our mentors can stay in the mentoring lane. And then we also have, when I say family support, we do have a 10-week uh, curriculum that is geared specifically for parents, guardians, and caretakers of survivors. And so that is, that 10 weeks is educational, it's resources, and, and just community support for the, the parents, okay. which has been a huge gap. Historically, if you are familiar with foster care or just system-involved youth at all, parents have a lot of expectations on them or they get you know blamed for the whatever is going on with their child or they have to do X, Y, and Z to get their, you know, quote unquote, get their kids back. And this is just a space for them to show up and be human themselves. And so that has become a really, a really wonderful space that the the parents can just come and be. And also, you know, they're they're getting applicable tools as well to to help involve their home and create a safe space, boundaries and things like that within their home that might be unique to, you know, maybe some of their their parent, their friends that are parents as well. So those are our two main things as the parent group, as well as the mentor program. Awesome. Awesome. Mm -hmm. So it makes me think about 
you know, as you mentioned, the tendency sometimes to really not, I don't know, sometimes maybe you're not as defined as you want to be, or maybe you might bring, be bringing some apprehension into that mentoring relationship of saying mm-hmm. like, oh gosh, I, I can't be all things to all people. Or, yeah. you know, even as your husband mentions, like, I just don't see myself as a mentor. Mm-hmm. So yeah. my guess would be that that some of the resources that you guys provide would be training in that way. Is that is that true? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, we have a pretty, I was actually just talking to someone earlier today about this, but we have a pretty in-depth training for our mentors. We cover topics and we do a human trafficking 101, trauma 101. We do some introspective work. We do some practical how to have conversations and build relationships work and also specifically talk about policies and kind of some what if scenarios as well. Awesome. That's so good. Well, and again, that's so helpful because with the sensitive topic that you're dealing with and the important ministry that's, that's going on there, I could really see the need for really healthy guardrails, right? Relationally speaking and kind of knowing, you know, how much is enough and how much might be too much or, or, or whatever, as it, yeah. the case may be. Yeah, for something. sure. Yeah. And, and I think I actually, one of my favorite resources is actually from the You Can Mentor podcast on boundaries and just kind of how, how to set those boundaries, know when you've broken boundaries. Mm-hmm. Those four episodes are incredible and actually I highly encourage all of our mentors to actually go listen to those episodes. So, but we have, you know, some supplemental things yeah. in that way as well, just to ensure that, you know, and, and then another piece of, of it is our mentors are not just kind of thrown out, you know, with the wolves and into the mm-hmm. community, we got, we guide them with mentor coaches. And so our model is not just the one-to-one it's one-to-one mentoring, mm-hmm. but also that, that one match has a mentor coach who's walking with them and, you know, helping them keep those guardrails on essentially or do conflict resolution or just brainstorm ideas and and kind of help them see themselves in that light. Okay. Okay. So Audrey, tell me a little bit about what, and I'm, and I'm, I'm guessing I know the answer (laughs) because sometimes people ask me this question, like, Hey, what is, what does leading middleman look like? And I'm like, Oh man, I mean, ask me not just on what day, but like, you know, before and after lunch and it's minute by minute, but, but as a program director for allies, can you kind of give us a, an idea of what, of what you do, what you're responsible for these days? Yeah. So it is, it's an everyday, you know, what fire are you putting out today kind of situation or, but but more specifically, so big picture, I, I work with an incredible team of women who do the day-to-day work. And so I feel like I would be remiss if I didn't say that a lot of what I do is, wouldn't be possible without them. And so our team, like I said, we have our mentor coaches who are on the ground with the mentors and mentees. And then we have a program coordinator who really does the the day-to-day in and out work of making sure everyone has what they need. But beyond that, I am doing a lot of the program design and training and, you know, looking into what new research is out there in order to, you know, best equip our mentors and provide new trainings. And I'm connecting with those organizations and agencies to to find the right resources for the, the people in our program, both parents, guardians, mentors, mentees, our coaches, everybody. And so there's a lot that, you know, that goes on and a lot that is needed. A lot of the behind the scenes things that a lot of people don't think about even like data collection and mm-hmm. analyzing that data and knowing just writing out surveys based on research, you know, things like that. So it's not the glamorous work. I feel like my job is not, you know, the pretty stuff. It's mm-hmm. not the stuff that people sign up for, but it's what I love particularly. Mm-hmm. It's where I'm most gifted and I get to do what I, you know, actually am good at. And I, it stretches me in a lot of ways as well. So yeah, day to day, it looks very differently, but big picture. I'm, I'm doing the program design and data collection and, and implementation of the programs. And then another piece of actually my job is we have a training and consulting wing of what we do. And so we 
also work with other organizations and agencies that specifically target survivors of trafficking, either minors or primarily women, because that's who we work with. But we do know that happens to to boys and men too. Mm -hmm. And so, but what we want to do is take what we have done and share that with other organizations. So if they're wanting to implement mentorship in their organization, I work with those organizations to kind of find, like walk through best practices as it relates to our population, because, you know, there are the the elements of effective practice for mentoring, the national standard, which is very good. And, and we follow those practices, but also what, what might be tweaked a little bit because of the population we're serving and, and how might that play out a little bit differently. So we work with organizations to kind of walk through all those different nuanced things. So that's another big part of my job is that training and sitting with organizations as well. That is so good to hear that open-handedness, right? Of saying like, look, this is we're we always want to remain big picture. It's really not mm-hmm. about growing our individual mentoring organization, but right. instead ministry is everywhere. Well, that's so good to hear. Thanks for sharing about that. So mm-hmm. tell me how, how do folks in the Indianapolis area how are they going to be able to connect with allies if they if they want to, whether as a supporter or volunteer or, or some other way? Yeah. So the easiest way is our website. It's just www.allies-inc.org, just inc.org. We're on social media, Facebook and Instagram as well. So I think I think Facebook's like Allies Incorporated and Instagram's just, I think just Allies Inc. But that would be a great way to, you know, give us a follow, you know, and reach out on our website. There's all kinds of forms, whether it's you're interested in volunteering or mentoring or donating or just coming to have a, inviting us to do kind of a lunch and learn where we'll, you know, do a human trafficking 101 for your office or kind of those types of things. That'd be the easiest way to get a hold of us. Also, I'm always down to have folks reach directly out to me. So Great. I'm just Audrey at allies-inc.org. That's my email. I love coffee dates, walking, going for a walk with people and just getting to know people better. So I never turn down a, just a direct email either. Great. Oh, that's so good. Okay, so what about those that are kind of outside the Indianapolis area? I know that the website is such a great resource and to be able to give you a call, but is there really any any way that maybe those you know around the country or around the world might also be able to partner with the, the ministry in some way? Yeah, so I think indirectly, a support to allies is just supporting the kids in your neighborhood. Take time to learn about trafficking as well. You know, we we will do trafficking trainings or I'm sure there's there's agencies or organizations in every state hopefully in every state doing that type of work. And if not, we're happy to step in and and help out in that way. But yeah, I would say indirectly paying it, like it affects us indirectly when you pay attention to your shopping habits, you know, where are you buying your things, right? Like understanding what trafficking actually looks like. So you know how to spot it in your community. And even if you don't know what it looks like and you you don't want to, you know, maybe change up your lifestyle and all of that, which I I understand it's a big, it can be a big undertaking. Mm -hmm. Our culture doesn't really set us up super well to to ha- do slow fashion or you know do the right things as far as like buying fair trade and organic and things like that to make sure people are paid fairly but that is that all can play into trafficking so that indirectly supports us because that reduces the number of people that would eventually come to us likely but then also just mentoring the kids in your neighborhood we know uh, you guys preach it all the time mentoring you know matters so i would i would say that uh, that supports us as well and then we also have a podcast if i can make a shameless plug yeah. it's the everyday advocate podcast we're on spotify and Apple and wherever else you can listen to a podcast. But that really is, you know, if you support that and listening there, and it complements a lot of what y'all are doing here. And but also does give some best practices. We talk about trauma and online safety and, and different things that intersect with trafficking. And we're really just trying to equip everyone to be an everyday advocate, hence the name. So awesome. that is kind of what we've got going on there. And then of course, 
we always take donations, whether you have a ministry in your community to support or not. We're not profit, so I'll never not say, you know, money. It right. always helps. Yeah. So. Amen. Amen to that. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's so good. And, you know, it just, I think that what the amazing part of what you mentioned is that it can so start by maybe a young, young person or an adult just kind of starting to care about these things and realize the reality of trafficking and, and what what a terrible and horrible thing that it is and that it exists. And so to not want to be a part of that and to not support that in any way then would mean maybe educating yourself and making some wiser choices as, as a consumer and then being able to find an organization like Allies to say, hey, I, I'm not quite sure what I need to be doing at this point. And man, I, I know that you guys can just come alongside these folks and say, well, let's, let's, let us get you started. Maybe let mm-hmm. us find a place for you to serve in some way. And, and again, that's how we have leaders like yourself who've committed your life to doing such good, good work in this way. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think, especially on the topic of human trafficking, people can get really overwhelmed. It's a, it's a massive, I think it's like the second or third largest industry in the world, money-making industry in the world. It's huge. It's a, it's a problem. Mm. Dare I say it's likely not going away anytime soon, if ever, but that doesn't mean we can't do little small things. And so it can feel really overwhelming when you hear about the issue. And then you're like, there's no way I'm going to end trafficking. So, you know, might as well not do anything about it. I, I know that's not like what we would say we would say, but I know that that's the posture we, we can hold sometimes, but really just what you're saying, just starting small, just making yourself available and just saying, how can I support what's already being done and come alongside of you and what is already, you know, what's already happening. We always say that allies, that trauma that has happened in relationship also must be healed in relationship. So even in our own day-to-day lives, we can make an impact on the larger issue when we're just paying attention to and just and being kind with pe- you know to people in our in our world and in our circles and so it it you don't have to set out to say like i'm ending trafficking you know it's up to me but you can you can definitely say i want to make a, a difference in the life of one person mm-hmm. and that is huge and that is enough and so that's that's why we we always say we're not serving hundreds and thousands of kids we're serving dozens but it, but we're putting a lot of effort and resources and training and support into supporting that one mentor mentee match in order to make an actual difference rather than just bringing them in and and pushing them out. And so we want to see, you know, we want to see trafficking end, but we also want to, we want to see the people who have been affected by trafficking. We want to see their lives impacted for the better and that they can have, like they can be the catalyst to create generational change in their life. And so one person coming alongside of that one person can, can be the start of that little thread. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. We would all hope for a wide expansive ministry and anything that we're a part of, but I think it's, I think it really is part of the mentor's psyche, right. And understanding that, oh, but we also want depth, right. We want, yeah. we want depth and that's really going to, that's, what's going to make a difference. Well, Audrey, it has been such a gift to talk with you for these 30 minutes. Thank you so much for joining me today. Likewise. Thank you so much for having me and inviting me on. Absolutely. We're going to do that again for sure. Well, thank you, listener, in taking part with us today and kind of spending time in this conversation. We hope that you've been blessed by this. We would encourage you to reach out to allies sometime and find out more if you'd like to be a part of that ministry. And above all, we want you to remember that you can mentor. Mm -hmm.